Good morning. Good morning. This morning's scripture reading will be 1 Kings chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. By the word of the Lord, a man of God came from Judah to Bethel, as Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make an offering. He cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord. O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A son named Josiah will be born to the house of David. On you he will sacrifice the priests of the high places who now make offerings here, and human bones will be burned on you. That same day the man of God gave a sign. This is the sign the Lord has declared. The altar will be split apart, and the ashes on it will be poured out. When King Jeroboam heard what the man of God cried out against the altar at Bethel, he stretched out his hand from the altar and said, Seize him. But the hand he stretched out toward the man shriveled up so that he could not pull it back. Also, the altar was split apart and its ashes poured out according to the sign given by the man of God by the word of the Lord. Thank you, Brian. appreciate that reading. We're blessed by God to be alive at this time in this place in history. Karen and I have just returned from a few days in Florida with a couple of our grandchildren. It's great to go, but it's great to get back home. And again, we were blessed to go. We are blessed by God to live in a country as we have. You may have heard that Roe v. Wade was overturned this week. Was it the end of the world? The earth didn't stop spinning. The only thing that took place is what should have taken place is that it now goes back to the states. But the federal government doesn't get to decide this, and each individual state can rule on that. And we should not look to Washington to answer our problems for us. We must, as the church, change the hearts and the minds of people by being Christians, by letting our light shine. In the first century, how did they deal with abortion? Well, they waited until the baby was born. Then they put it out on the rocks if it wasn't the kind of baby they want. They call it exposure. We have letters from history that show a soldier writing to his wife. And when, of course, they didn't have an ultrasound. When the baby is not born, if it's not a boy, take it out to the rocks like we usually do and leave them there. Christians would come and find these babies and raise them in their cell, for, for themselves. This is how they changed the first century. We are blessed in this church to help in many different ways. And we've had many different histories. I don't want to go back over the, all the things we've done in the past, but to look in the present look forward. It's great for the giving that was done to help uh, Virginia and Sean go. I'm asking again for you to help me go again to Panama to teach in the preacher school. But we also get requests. Uh, Simon Vasquez is one of the teachers in the Bible school in Panama. Got to know him very well over the last eight years, ten years. Uh, Gabriela Rios is his mother. She's had stomach problems for some time. She needs to see a specialist in getting an ultrasound and other tests. The cost is $1,200. Simon wrote to me and said, we have 500 I hate to ask, but could you help? I shared with the elders. And the elders are willing to give 200 That's 700 of the 1200 I'm asking you today, 
If you want to and are able to help, because the test is tomorrow, come up with a check made out to the church or cash to one of the elders. I'm going to put in 50. We need $500 today if that's possible. Whatever you can give would be wonderful. Again, she has to, we have to send it today. So, again, you're very giving, and if you do what you can do, and I'm very confident this congregation has helped in many different ways. And I could go over a past history, but that's not what we want to do right now. Pray about it. Those who have can give. Don't feel guilty if you don't have it. I remember years ago thinking, here are these people giving to me and my mission trips. What do I give to? They spawned me, as especially as I saw poverty in many countries, thinking about what can we do for the poor. Let's pray together, please. Holy Father, we thank you for life in this country at this time. We thank you, Father, if you've blessed us beyond any other country around. Help us to use our blessings for your glory and not just be selfish. Help us, Father, to see opportunities to give glory and honor to your name. We pray, Father, for Gabriela Rios, that they find the correct diagnosis and find help for her relief. We pray for Gary Freeman, his recent loss of a family member. Pray you be with uh, Rosemary, a friend of, that's dying from cancer. Be with Verdita, the death of, recent death in her family. We pray, Father, for Margaret Schultz and her heart issues. Please be with Marty Marstein, his health struggles. I pray, Father, you'll be with every person that's here. Pray with those online who are watching. May they be in a right relationship with you. And may we grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. We thank you for blessing us. We thank you for loving us first, Father. Help us to love you in return. Thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for Jesus giving his life to pay for our sins. In his name we pray. Amen. I had a song all picked out to lead, and he, he led it already. So we, well, if you would turn to song book and turn number uh, 842. 842. But that's all right. In this context, we marked a milestone this month. 29 years we've been here. We didn't set out to be here 29 years. I've been putting out a rumor for six months that we're moving to Arkansas. We're not moving to Arkansas. Uh, We've been blessed by God to be here. We love you. We appreciate you. And I'd like to sing both the first and second verse of 842. A common love for each other, a common gift to the Savior, a common bond holding us to the Lord, a common strength when we're weary, a common hope for tomorrow, a common joy in the truth of God's word, a common love for each other, a common gift to the Savior, a common bond holding us to the Lord, a common strength when we're weary, a common hope for tomorrow, a common joy in the truth of God's word.
In our slides this morning, I want to look at the first slide that reminds us, it worked this week, of Judge Scalia's statement. God assumed from the very beginning that the wise of this world would view Christians as fools, and he has not been disappointed. If I brought any message to this today, is to have courage to have your wisdom regarded as stupidity. Be fools for Christ, and have the courage to suffer the contempt of the sophisticated world, Judge Scalia. There are two paths. Scriptures from Genesis to Revelation talk about two paths. And the world thinks that those who follow Christ are fools. But I have lived for the world. I've lived, as the song says, look for life in all the wrong places. And I thought there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a different way. It came to Christ and found life and peace and forgiveness and mercy. And it doesn't matter if the world thinks I'm a fool because I have found life, real life. As we look at our topic today of lying, the world thinks it's okay. It doesn't matter as long as you get caught. Don't get caught. If you get caught, you know, lie about that. And we see, even in our reading today, some of that. The world thinks it's foolish not to lie. Well, do we want to obey God? Or do we want to obey man? America 2022... In Albuquerque, New Mexico, a 23-year-old Deanna Greco was pulled over on suspicion of being drunk while driving. She tested 1.3 on the breathalyzer. The policeman said 23-year-old Deanna Greco padded her bra with something extra until she was placed under arrest for a DUI earlier in the month. Greco slipped her cell phone into a bra just before she was taken into custody. And Albuquerque police said she used it to hatch a false sexual harassment complaint against the policeman who arrested her. Frazier, who realized, though, the officer who arrested her, that his body cam was operating the whole time and caught everything on tape. And so to clear him of all allegations, he went ahead and called EMTs, letting them know that everything had been recorded, and the investigation later cleared him of all allegations. Americans don't like liars, but they like to lie. We live in a world and a culture that says, no big deal. Oh, it's nothing. I looked up the definition of lying in Google. A lie is an assertion that's believed to be false. Even Google can't even say that there's right and wrong, absolute truth, and not. Oh, it might hurt someone's feelings. There is absolutes. The text today is thousands of years old, but we see human beings who want to lie. Traveling in the Ukraine, as I traveled and we would hire Christians to translate for us, a young Christian who told me passionately. She said, times were tough under the Soviet Union, but they told us we lived under one of the greatest countries and economies of the world. She said, and the wall fell and they, with great passion and anger, and they lied to us. Boy, she was mad. We knew it. She didn't know it. We are looking at Ananias and Sapphira sometimes. The problem with Ananias and Sapphira is it's the exception, not the rule. Otherwise, God would light up the planet like a Christmas tree. He does try to make a lesson here. But God is patient and kind and wants us to come to him. God in his wisdom doesn't do that every day. Here's some Reader's Digest in 2004. Have you ever misstated facts on a resume? Lied, 18%. Shift blame to a co-worker for something that you did, 
undercharged or received too much change and didn't say anything, 50%. Cheated on your taxes, 17%. Lied to your spouse about the cost of some purchase, 32%. Lied to your spouse or partner about their relationship with another person, 28%. Of course, the question is, did they lie about those? There was a famous ruler who said, tell a lie, tell a lie often enough, and people will believe it's truth. I think as Will Rogers, I'm not sure, who said, a lie will get halfway around the world while the truth is putting its pants on. Jesus says about the devil that he is a liar from the beginning. John 8, 44 to 45. You belong to your father, talking to the Jews. You belong to your father, the devil. You want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar, the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Did you see what Jesus said? He said he's a liar, but he calls him a murderer. Interesting phrasing. Today's lesson is for Christian and for non-Christian. In our reading, the prophets were in a relationship with God. And here is a time where people are worshiping false uh, idols and false things. And as they worship them, God sends a prophet to tell them that on this altar, a specific king will come and offer and kill all the false priests and put them on that. Let's go to the next slide. I think I forgot this one. This is how we get into Christ. And again, uh, if you are not a Christian, don't lie to yourself and say you're okay. At least be honest with yourself and say, I'm not right with God. They're on the back table. We'd love to talk to anybody, study with anybody who wants. We want people to be ready to meet Jesus. They need to understand what they're doing. Now, it's your decision. You have the freedom to choose. But we want to help you in any way to access the blood of Christ. In the events of today's lesson at First Kings, God sends a prophet to tell the people what you're doing is wrong. And it's going to be a sign from God. Truth to power, he had to speak. And it's going to be a sign from God that a specific king will come and kill all these false prophets on this altar. And it made the king mad. And he put his hand out to grab him and God shriveled up his hand. Wouldn't you like to see that on the evening news, right? (laughs) Vice President this week commenting about Roe v. Wade said, well, it's going to affect the gay community. Now, I don't understand how that works at all, really. You know, some of the things we see on the news, you just want to shake your head or make your hair fall out, right? But we live, nothing's new under the sun. Here is an evil king with all the people of God. These people are in a relationship with God. This is not the world. These are the people of God worshiping idols, false idols. On fall. They call it a high place because they're on the top of a mountain. And so here we come. To see, well, what happens? What's a big deal about lying? We go to our text again, 1 Kings chapter 13, verses 1 to 5. The word of the Lord came, and that's how prophets would speak. A word came from God, and they would go tell the person, this is what the Lord says. And often they would say, thus saith the Lord, or here's what the Lord Almighty says. Here's the message. And as he tried to stick out his hand, God acted that day. And he said, here's a sign. And the altar split. Again, miracle after miracle. Did they change their life? Not at all. Did they say, well, here's a word from the Lord. This altar's been split in half. 
uh, we'll change our behavior. Didn't do anything. Maybe that's why he doesn't light up the planet like a Christmas tree with Ananias and Sapphira, because it has no longing permanent effect, it seems. They see the glory of God in ten plagues in Egypt. They see the Red Sea open. They walk through on dry ground. They hear the glory and the literal voice of God. And they say, Moses, you go talk to God. It's, we're going to die if he talks to us. And God said, that's a good plan. And then while Moses is gone, they build a golden idol. This is human behavior. Here are the people of God in 1 Kings 13. And so we come to verse 6. King Jeroboam heard what the man of God cried out against the altar, stretched out his hand, could not pull it back. Now, verse 6, the king said to the man of God, intercede with the Lord your God and pray for me, so that my hand be restored. So the man of God interceded with the Lord, and the king's hand was restored and became just like it was before. Another miracle. Now, notice what happens next. The king goes on worshiping the idol. He doesn't worship in glory the God who healed his hand. How quickly we forget the goodness of God. The king said to the man of God, now he's going to honor him. Come with me to my home. Come, let me give you something to eat. I will give you a gift. The man of God answered the king, even if you were to give me half your possessions, I would not go with you. Nor would I eat bread or drink water here. For I was commanded by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. So he went by another road and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. A prophet would receive a command from God, and although we have different commands and a different covenant, it is quite clear that God is serious about his commandments. He gave him a command and he said, no, the Lord said I cannot eat, drink, and to go another way, and that's exactly what the prophet is going to do. So what commands do we have? That's not the command we have. But we see God is serious about obedience. In this context, you may be ahead of me and already know the rest of the story. There are people that lie, even prophets. For news would spread. When you have three miracles, news is going to spread. I, we talked about the transfiguration in class. I hope you start coming to class. And, and again, we're in deep waters there. What would it be like to see Moses and Elijah suddenly appear with Jesus. And Jesus is transfigured before them. I don't know what that would be like. But here to watch an altar split open. The king's hand wither. And the king's hand be restored as the man of God prayed. Those people talked about that. Everybody heard about that. So we go on in 1 Kings chapter 13. Verse 11. Now a certain old prophet lived in Bethel whose sons came and told him all the man of God had done there that day. They also told their father what he had said to the king. Their father asked him, which way did he go? And his sons showed him the road of the man of God from Judah had taken. He said to his son, saddle my donkey for me. And when they had saddled his donkey for him, he mounted it and rode off after the man of God. He found him sitting under an oak tree and asked, Are you the man of God that come from Judah? I am, he replied. So the prophet said to him, come with me and eat. The man of God said, I cannot turn back and go with you, nor can I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. I have been told by the word of the Lord, you must not eat bread or drink water or return by the way you came. It seems to me that God is consistent here, and this prophet understands clearly what God has said. Don't do it. We live in a time when people across the world, and especially our country, 
or an identity crisis. Well, did Jesus really mean baptism? Did we re- and, and you see the churches of Christ doing things that you just want to go, what? God hasn't changed his mind or changed. We're not so far advanced, so mature, that we know so much more than everyone before us, that we finally figured out what they didn't get. No, not at all. God has not changed his mind. Let's go on with these events. The prophet tells him exactly what God told him to do. Now notice the, the lying old prophet, verse 18. The old prophet answered, I too am a prophet and so are you. And an angel said to me by the word of the Lord, bring him back to you to your house so that you may eat and drink water. But he was lying to him. So the man of God returned with him and ate and drank in his house. He knew better. But the man lied to him and he believed the lies. It's dangerous to believe a lie. It's dangerous when people tell you lies and you don't know that they're lies. He thought he was honest. He wasn't. While they were sitting at the table, the word of the Lord came to the old prophet. Now this is very interesting to me. This is a prophet who was a prophet of God, but he lied. The people of God lied to the young prophet. While he's eating, the word of the Lord comes to the old prophet. The word of the Lord came to the old prophet who had brought him back. He cried out to the man of God who'd come from Judah. This is what the Lord says. You have defiled the word of the Lord. You have not kept my command, the word the Lord God gave you. You came back and ate bread and drank water from this place where he told you not to eat or drink. Therefore, your body will not be buried in the tomb of your fathers. See, this gives us also an insight into prophecy. It wasn't just that the prophet decided what to speak. God gives them the words to speak. And God immediately passes judgment on this prophet, although the other guy lied to him. Our God is a consuming fire. God is serious about his commands. Now, the end of a sad story. Verse 23 and following. When the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the old prophet who brought him back saddled his donkey for him. As he went on his way, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his body was thrown down on the road with both donkey and the lion beside it. Some people who passed by the body thrown down there, and the lion standing beside the body, and they went and they reported to the city where the old prophet lived. When the prophet who had brought him back to his journey heard of it, he said, This is the man of God who defied the word of the Lord. The Lord has given him over to the lion which mauled him and killed him, as the word of the Lord had warned him. The prophet said to his son, Saddled my donkey for me, and they did. And he went out and found the body thrown on the, on the road, with the donkey and the lion standing beside it. The lion had neither eaten the body nor mauled the donkey. So the prophet picked up the body of the man of God, and laid it on the donkey, and brought it back to his own city to mourn for him and bury him. And they laid his body in his own tomb and mourned over him. Oh, my brother. You fail to keep the Lord's commands. What a story. What a true event. Here, God is serious when he gives us a command. Sometimes, because God is forgiving and kind and merciful, we can have the attitude, well, it doesn't matter. It's okay. It doesn't matter what you do. God will forgive you. No, that's not true. Lying is important. God is merciful. God is just. We see justice in the death of Jesus Christ to die and pay for every one of our sins. Paid in his blood. Read Psalm 94. God is a God of justice. 
And God didn't just say, well, it doesn't matter. You know, it's no big deal. It is a big deal. And again, the younger prophet didn't know the older prophet was lying. It's important to know if our leaders are lying to us. God will punish the wicked. There will be justice. God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. And in that context, we want to look at some things for the church. Revelation says that, that liars will go to hell. Does that mean if you've ever lied, you will automatically go to hell? No. He's describing a lifestyle. He's describing those who live by the flesh and live by the evil deeds of their father, the devil, do all of these things. There's a lot in the lying. It's not the only thing listed there. But forgiveness is possible in Christ. But God has some very specific commands, and we don't get to write them up. We don't get to make up the rules. We don't get to decide which ones to keep and which not one to keep. You ever had somebody that you knew that was just an out-and-out liar? You couldn't trust them? Romans chapter 1 verse 25 describes those who live the homosexual lifestyle this way. They exchange the truth of God for a lie. Quite an interesting statement. Paul writes the Colossians to Christians. In Colossians 3, 9-10. Do not lie to each other. Since you've taken off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. He says that's the old way. That's the way of the flesh. Live by the spirit. Don't live by the old nature. Live by the new nature. And here Paul is describing in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 to 24 to Christians. Same message, different church. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Be made new in the attitude of your minds to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We're to walk in service to the Lord. As John says in 1 John, walk in the light as he is the light, not walk in darkness. There are two paths and there are deeds that go with each path. Lying, stealing, cheating. You go through the list. But the list is the path and the direction of the flesh. Or the path and the direction of the spirit. Sometimes we have feelings and emotions and we don't know what to do with them. We don't need to follow them. But our emotions affect us. I read a rather humorous story of a lady that's got a, a social group on Facebook called Ladies of a Certain Age. Lady was in this particular town and she went in to get some ice cream and there's Paul Newman, you know. She talks about his blue eyes and just so she was so excited, tried to be calm, and she got her ice cream and got her purse and got her change and got her walked out of the store. She walks out of the store, she's got her change and she's got her purse. She says, Where is my ice cream? <laughs> walks back in the store, Newman's just smiling and she's looking around, he said, You put it in your purse. <laughs> We can be so moved by our emotions and our feelings that we don't know what we're doing. Well, let's think about our passions. Let's live for God. That we need to be ready to meet Jesus. That Romans talks about we can be a vessel of honor, a vessel of dishonor. Not perfect. But what path, what direction do you want to turn? Do you want to just lie to get out of it? You think, well, I'll just, I'll just lie and get over it. Then I'll repent later and get forgiven. No, you won't get forgiven that way. That's presumptuous sin. 
That's you trying to outsmart God. That's saying, I know what God wants and I'm going to figure a way to get out of that. That's like saying, I'm going to give God all my money of I sell my house. Ooh, I'll tell you what. I'll sell my house, but you have to buy the cat. Now, the house is worth $2 and the cat's $100,000. And you sell the house and you give God the $2. No. You can't outsmart God that way. We need to be people, as Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. People of character. That's what this is about. Trusting God to let him change our lives to what we used to be, to what he wants us to be. As we talked the last few nights, few weeks about you are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. I traveled southwest and I bought a brand new bag. It's one that's going to beat up and they damaged it on the first flight. Didn't notice to flew uh, first day to my son's house. Got to Dallas. Got to go from there to Orlando. And I looked at that thing. It's, they damaged my thing yesterday. So I talked to my wife, my travel agent. I said, well, you got to report that in the city in which it occurred. So I had to wait till I came back to Dallas. Doing the paperwork. And as I'm going to the paperwork, he says, now, uh, when did this happen? Well, last Friday, the 17th. Okay. Uh, where were you flying? Like here. Uh, did you fly on other airlines? No, just Southwest. In fact, I flew here, then I had to fly to Orlando. I flew back to here, and I'm just doing this now. He said, well, you have to have the baggage tag, the, which, okay. Wait a minute. I keep all kinds of receipts. Went over about five minutes later. I have it. Here it is. You know? He looks at my bag. And after a few other questions, I think, he thinks I'm lying to him. Did you go to any other No, I didn't go on any other airlines. In fact, the only airlines I've gone on, I bought this new and flew the next day. But I'm not worried about it because I've got all the paperwork that substantiates what I'm telling the truth. But he, I'm sure at his job, he hears a lot of people lying to him. Telling him all kinds of things. That's the ways of the world. But as the people of God, when you put that away, put off the old self. Be vessels of honor, not dishonor. Or Psalm 44, 21 said about, would not, if I lied, would not, uh, verse, verse 20 said, here's a person living wickedly, acting as if they didn't live wickedly. Verse 44, 21 says, would God not have discovered it since he knows the secrets of the heart? The Hebrew writer says, everything is naked and laid bare before him with whom we have to do. Can't fool God. Can't outsmart God. Can't pull a fast one on God. As Yancey says, you might as well be honest with God. He already knows it. Whatever it is. Confession is really saying, God, you're right. I'm wrong. Honesty. Remember Abraham? The father of the faithful. He was afraid. His wife was beautiful. 75 and beautiful. He said, there's no fear of God in this place. So he told her to tell him, you're my sister. He was. She was his sister. But there's a lot more to the story, as Paul Harvey said. He got in trouble twice for that, for not telling the whole story of honesty. Abraham. Now, nobody's perfect. Peter. Jesus told him, you're going to deny me tonight. Peter didn't believe it. Push came to shove. Maybe it was peer pressure. He says, I don't know the man. I don't know the man. The third time, he cursed and swore, I don't know the man. Uh, he regretted that deeply. Maybe you've gotten to situations where to save your face or to save your peer pressure or whatever, you lied. 
Repent. Be a person of honor, not dishonor. Put it behind. You can only get forgiveness for the past and start today and move forward. Be honest. Not perfect. Be a vessel of honor. Christ is willing to forgive, but he wants us to obey. He wants us to surrender to him. As Ray prayed at the the table. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus says in Luke 17, the kingdom of God is within us. That's Christ reigning in our lives. And that's by us seeing his words, doing what he says, and putting them to action in our lives. Turning from sin, turning toward God. Doing what he wants us to do, being what he wants us to do, avoiding what he wants us to avoid. I said again. If you're not right with God, don't lie to yourself. Be at least honest and say, I'm on a path to hell. Why? Why? Come to God. He can cleanse all of those sins. If you need to come to it in a public way, why don't you come as we stand and